Are you ready for Fragments of Fright, Volume 5? Because it's ready for you. Over 20 scary stories are waiting for you. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash books or go to Amazon and search for Fragments of Fright. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The Shooting Star I'm a 41-year-old man who is married to a lovely wife. I have four kids whose ages range from 5 to 15. Look, I love my family more than anything, but life with them can be chaotic and loud, so once a year I need to take a solo vacation to get some alone time. And when I say alone time, I really mean alone time. The Daniel Boone National Forest in eastern Kentucky consists of over two million acres and has some of the most beautiful scenery you can find anywhere. That's my hideaway for five days every year. I hike deep into the most secluded areas of the forest and try to find a private lake or river to pitch my tent next to. By the end of my first day, I had found the perfect spot. A beautiful, isolated area next to a small waterfall cascading into a large pond. That night, I filled up my belly with food that I had packed and laid out under the stars, taking in the sky's beauty as I breathed in the refreshing, clean air. I slept like a baby. The next morning, I got up and immediately decided that I'd do some serious fishing. Fresh seafood sounded nice. I was chopping wood in preparation for the roaring campfire I'd cooked my dinner over when my axe head got lodged in the trunk of a stubborn stump. As I reached down and pulled the axe blade from the stump, my hand slipped and the blade sliced through the palm of my hand. It was a fairly deep gash. I pulled out my first aid kit, winced in pain as I poured hydrogen peroxide into the cut, and then wrapped it up firmly. The wound was throbbing, but I wasn't going to let that ruin my trip, and I sat by the pond and had a successful bout of fishing. Plenty to fulfill my seafood feast fantasy. I changed my bandage multiple times during the day. The pain of the wound was intensifying, and my flesh around the wound was red and inflamed. I was afraid it was on its way to being infected. As I ate my tasty fish dinner that evening, I contemplated whether or not I should cut my vacation short and get my cut looked at. I hated the idea of leaving. I had barely had a chance to settle in, but I decided that if it were worse the next morning, I'd hike out of the forest and get it taken care of. 
The sky had just begun to darken when I saw a shooting star in the distance. It was the brightest, most brilliant shooting star I had ever seen. It had a flaming tail and was growing brighter rather than fading away in the sky. I stood up and squinted to make sure my eyes weren't playing tricks on me, and they definitely were not. The shooting star was getting larger and more intense by the second. Then I finally realized that it was blazing right toward me. I ducked as the flaming ball whooshed over the top of the forest, clipping massive treetops along the way. It whizzed right over my head, temporarily painting the sky red with flame. I could hear it crashing through timber in the distance, and the ground shook as it crashed into the forest floor. Pillars of smoke blanketed the sky, slithering its way above the trees. Based on the smoke, I estimated the downed meteorite to be just a couple miles away. I grabbed my flashlight and hurried toward the crash site. The darkening sky actually made it easier for me to find the meteorite, as I could see the glow of flames in the distance. But as I approached the crashed meteor, I realized it wasn't a meteor at all. It was a vessel. It was approximately 10 feet long and propped up against the trunk of a gigantic tree. It looked like a teardrop with the sharp side pointing at the sky. It was gunmetal gray in color and was battered, bent, and slightly twisted around the tree. There was some kind of hatch at the bottom of the craft that was hanging open and a soft trail of smoke was spilling from it. It took me a moment to recognize what seemed so out of place. Scattered throughout the scorched earth surrounding the craft were flowers. Dozens and dozens of flowers. They had the appearance of daisies, but their petals were a pale yellow and glistened as if wet. As I got closer, I realized that the texture of the flowers looked soft, almost as if they had been sculpted out of butter. I could see a medium-sized bag hanging out of the open hatch. The bag looked metallic, almost as though it were made from aluminum foil and the contents of the bag were spilling out onto the ground. They were seeds, small seeds that reminded me of black beans, and the instant they touched the soil of the forest, another buttery flower emerged from the earth. I couldn't help myself and reached out with my injured hand as I attempted to caress one of the flower's petals. When I did this, the flower melted over my entire hand. It felt like cold, thick lotion. I was startled at first, but then I realized that it was instantly soothing my injured hand. The throbbing was gone. The inflamed heat around the wound had vanished. I unwrapped the bandage from my hand and looked down at the gash. I was utterly shocked to see that my hand was completely healed. It was as though I had never been cut at all. These flowers were some kind of a healing miracle. There must have been over a hundred of them now, and then there was the bag of seeds. Had I discovered the cure to all pain, suffering, and illness on Earth? It was quite possible. 
As I reach forward to snatch the bag of seeds from the open hatch of the spacecraft, I let out a scream of shock as a hand dropped down from the interior of the craft and dangled out of the hatch. The hand was about the size of mine, but the fingers were long and slender. The flesh of the creature was dried, flaky, and pale gray. As I stared at the lifeless hand, I contemplated what to do, but then the fingers of the alien hand began to twitch. This creature was still alive. I grabbed the hand and gave it a tug. In doing so, the creature became dislodged from wherever it was stuck and dropped from the craft onto the forest floor. The creature was motionless on the ground. It was very human-like, but abnormally slender. It was naked, but was without genitals or a navel. Its head was large and oval. Its eyes were huge and solid navy blue. It had no nose and a mere slit for a mouth. As I looked at it and considered what actions to take, the creature weakly reached out for one of the flowers, but couldn't extend its arm far enough, so I helped. I pushed one of the healing flowers onto the creature's hand. It instantly melted and its hand transitioned from dry and flaky to polished and glistening. Its drab gray color became a bright purple. I pushed more flowers toward the creature and it began rubbing the oily substance all over its body. It then opened its slit mouth, revealing a row of intimidating razor fangs and ingested several of the flowers. Within seconds, the creature was shining a vivid shade of purple and its flesh was smooth as glass. The alien leaned back against its ship and took in several deep breaths before rising. It stood staring at me for a long moment before it opened its mouth in what I hoped was a smile, but appeared to be more of a snarl. I gasped as it rushed toward me, wrapped its slender but amazingly strong fingers around my throat, and shoved me against the tree. I was defenseless as it raised its other hand up and slowly moved it toward my face. I let out a cry for help when one of the alien's fingers elongated to a sharp point. It then shoved its spiked finger into my ear. I could feel its electrified digit digging deeper into my head and I swear it felt like it was wrapping itself around my brain. I was going to die. I was going to die. Then suddenly, I felt at peace. Evidently, the alien had tapped into a part of my mind that allowed it to communicate with me. Loosely translated, it said the following. My mission was to destroy your planet. However, after saving my life, I cannot in good conscience end yours. Mission aborted. After the alien withdrew its communication device from my head, I observed as it slathered the buttery flowers all over its ship, which miraculously repaired it. A few seconds later, it shot off into the sky and disappeared into the night. I probably stood there and stared up into space for an hour 
before heading back to my campsite. And in case you're wondering, I stayed and finished my vacation. After saving the planet, I figured I deserved it. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Here's a super fun way to support the show. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store and buy some Maniac on the Loose merchandise. Let the world know you're a listener. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, there's a bunch of items to choose from. And you have a multitude of design choices, including all of my book covers. Go take a look. It's super cool. Go on. Do it. Right now. Go. ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store If you like what you're hearing, please consider contributing. Any amount helps. Recurring monthly contributions are best of all. Just go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash Support. That's maniac on the loose dot com slash support. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>